Our second lesson continues in Matthew's gospel where we left off last week uh, in the 18th chapter that focuses on the church community and in particular conflict within the church community. I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the 18th chapter of Matthew's gospel beginning with the 21st verse. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would repay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last week, we discussed Jesus' teaching about seeking reconciliation with those who have wronged you in the community. Our reading today picks up right where we left off in this conversation, now shifting more towards forgiveness. Peter begins our reading by asking a question. How many times should I forgive someone? Practical question, granted. His first guest, seven, seems like a random number to throw out there, right? But seven is an important number in the Bible. It represents completion, fulfillment. So for Peter to suggest that we are to forgive seven times felt like an above and beyond gesture. He was asking and, and offering to give a complete, a full forgiveness. You could say that Peter might have been trying to show off a little bit for his rabbi and friends. But Jesus, of course, one-ups up one this by saying not seven times to forgive, but 77 times. Forgiveness, not a complete number of time, but completeness times completeness. Scholar Audrey West notes here that Jesus takes forgiveness from the realm of the calculable to the incalculable. It's as if Jesus tells Peter, the teacher's pet here, he tells him to stop counting. 
to stop keeping score. Such a mindset is at odds with life in the kingdom rooted in grace and forgiveness. But in true Jesus fashion and in true Matthew Jesus fashion, he tells them a pretty extreme parable to bring this point home. There's a king with lots of land and and servants, and one day he decides to settle his account, also known as debts, with his servants. One of these slaves came before him owing 10,000 talents. Learning that he was not able to pay the debt, the Lord ordered that he and his family be sold. But the slave pleaded with his Lord to give him some more time to pay back the debt. The king was moved to pity and forgave the debt, setting him free. Notice he doesn't defer the debt, he uh, allowing him to pay it back eventually over a longer period of time. The king completely forgives the debt. This would be a wonderful story of grace and forgiveness if it ended here, but unfortunately it doesn't. So with the ink on his forgiven debt still wet, the servant goes out to the person who owes him 100 denarii and demands payment. When the man cannot pay, he sends him to prison until it's paid off, even after begging him for mercy, the same mercy that he just begged his Lord for. So the freed slave, forgiven of his debt, goes and ruthlessly demands payment from his debtor. The hypocrisy here is absurd enough, but look at it from the economic angle. The forgiven debt of the first servant in the story was 10,000 talents, while his debtor's amount was 100 denarii. A denarius represented a typical daily wage, one denarius, uh, a typical daily wage for a peasant. A talent was the equivalent of about 6,000 denarii. So if I do the math right here, and I, I certainly could be doing it wrong, This man has been graciously forgiven of a debt some 600,000 times that of the one he ruthlessly tries to collect upon. In fact, most scholars say that the 10,000 talent debt in the parable was such a large number that Jesus' listeners wouldn't even been able to comprehend it. It was a number so big that it sounded made up. The king gets word of this and calls his forgiven servant to account for his ruthless greed and locks him away. Jesus ends the parable with troubling words. And friends, it's important to remember that parables, um, and in particular in Matthew's gospel, parables are a form of rhetorical hyperbole. And what that means is that reality is exaggerated to make a point. In a very real sense, though, our parable is the story form of the petition in the Lord's Prayer we say each week. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The king has forgiven an unthinkable debt of the man, an amount he couldn't have dreamed to ever be able to pay off. In turn, though, he doesn't forgive his debtor. Instead, ruthlessly calls for their small debts to come to account, to be reckoned. Friends, in Christ, God has forgiven us all our sin, a truly incalculable debt. So the question becomes, how do we respond to this forgiveness? Do we do what this forgiven servant does and call out all others indebted to us? Do we keep score and hold others to account? 
or do we try the difficult but necessary work of forgiving others as we have been forgiven? Jesus is clear in which path his followers are called to pursue. We are called to a way of forgiveness, a way of grace. Such a way is at odds with a world and a culture of getting even and seeking revenge. But it is the way of the cross. This is not to say that it's an easy way. It's complicated, it's messy. There are times when forgiveness isn't easy, nor is it safe or even appropriate. Jesus' teaching of incalculable forgiveness does not mean that a person should remain in a situation that is potentially harmful or abusive to them. Rather, what Jesus is doing is calling us all to a way of life modeled in grace. A grace that honors the dignity and respect of all peoples while calling out the ways that cause harm and injustice and seeking to work together for a better world. Scholar Audrey West reflects that perhaps the 77 times reference Jesus makes to Peter's question about how many times we should forgive means that sometimes this messy work of forgiveness, of growing into this way of grace, that it's a process. In other words, it might take an incalculable number of times to forgive, but we are called to keep working at it, to keep striving towards it. Remember, Peter's question and Jesus' parable and teaching are given in the context of the church, of the community. This way of grace, this way of love is not meant to be endeavored on our own, but rather to be sought after with one another. Friends, when we live together in a community, when we seek to uh, come together as a, as a congregation of broken and imperfect people, we will mess up. We will fail one another as a church. But Jesus' words here give us a framework for how we are to stay in relationship with one another, how to reconcile with one another in the times when we do fall short. In this way, theologian Henry Nouwen provides us with some wisdom on what this way of forgiveness might look like. He says, Forgiveness is the name of love practiced among people who love poorly. The hard truth is that all people love poorly. And so we need to forgive and be forgiven every day, every hour increasingly. Forgiveness is the great work of love among the fellowship of the weak that is the human family. Friends, we have been forgiven a great incalculable debt in Christ. Instead of asking how often we should forgive, let us stop keeping track and keeping score and instead engage in the difficult community-building work of forgiveness and reconciliation. In this way, we can, as Nowen says, practice the name of love together. Friends, may it be so for us and for all.